0: Welcome to the Intercut Podcast channel, the weekly place to hear the latest on movies, TV, and entertainment that people can't cut away from. I'm your co-host, Zachary Shevich, and joining me, buying supplies for his doomsday shelter, it's Arturo Zurita. Luckily, I already have all the leftovers from the last doomsday,
1: so we're set to go, Zach, whenever whenever you need to come over
0: yeah what are the things that you are your like shelter essentials do you just want like the basic canned goods and water do you need to get like the nintendo switch down there what do you need at the end of the world compressed
1: coffee beans Mm. i've got all my media uh (laughs) that has been saved you know the 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 thing that i feel like people forget and i know this isn't really going to answer it but this Mm -hmm. idea of getting all of your physical media is one thing right but i think you need to digitize also like i I don't think they realize that the next step isn't like you know the digital cloud code on Voodoo. The next step is like I don't have it on your hard drive. Rip that, <laughs> rip exactly. it. Exactly, like It's no other way.
0: We're long past the age of like desert island discs. Now it's your Honestly. desert island terabyte drive, right?
1: It, yeah, you can't have a disc and then the player and the TV. You're gonna you're gonna need that all in one computer ready to go, right? And that's exactly. why this video sponsored you. <laughs> <laughs> There's, I don't know. I think they need to condense it a little bit more. You can't have a whole thing of uh, of DVDs, but nonetheless, hey, it's good to know that the president wants you to download your stuff, even though he's the one with the deal on Netflix.
0: Yeah, well, uh, President Obama is one of the people who helped bring us Leave the World Behind, the new Netflix original thriller from writer-director Sam Esmail, who many know for his work on the excellent series Mr. Robot, as well as the Homecoming series, which also starred Julia Roberts. The two of them reunite alongside Ethan Hawke, Mahershala Ali, and Mahela, who apparently is going by a mononym now, which that's cool, good for her. Really, For a film about what happens after communication breaks down in modern society, Roberts and Hawk play a married couple with two kids who book an idyllic rental getaway home when two strangers, played by Mahershala and Mahala, knock on their front door. The movie plays on our reliance on technology, our fears about the world around us, and our helplessness in the face of existential dangers once the safeguards of law and order aren't there to protect us. But as enticing as I found several sequences (laughs) in this movie, I was ultimately left with the feeling that it didn't really amount to a whole lot more than the sum of its parts. But Arturo, were you left as ambivalent on leave the world behind as I was?
1: Yes, it's one of those movies that when you tell people that you're not going to know what it's about by the end of it, and they groan at you, and then you're supposed to like tell them, but that's kind of the point, and they're like, okay, I think we all kind of know that. (laughs) I think we're beyond this this joke of, or or the pitch that, you know, we're all just kind of sucked into our phones, into entertainment, we're all the little girl in this movie. I think we know that. Mm -hmm. entertain us I I think that's where people at and I think that's the pushback in this movie is that you're almost hitting people over the head who have already gone through a pandemic who have already gone through their own little terminals on a a daily basis they don't need to be told isn't it crazy they're like we're all stuck on our phones we're gonna present this to you on Netflix where you've seen Black Mirror
0: a lot of people made fun of the premise of the upcoming Ruben Ostlund movie when that first leaked out because uh, apparently the idea is it's uh, takes place on an international flight when the Wi Fi goes out and like how that's like the worst first world problem that anybody could have. That's but funny. like it's it sort of it, it it's kind of like an extension of that idea in this movie. It's sort of like people yeah. don't know what to do without cell phone coverage and like there there's an interesting element to that too. I, I think it's interesting to see that like what once sort of your base level idea of like security is gone how do you respond to that and i I just don't know if the film ever really delved that deeply into like the human psyche or whatever i think so much of this movie kind of takes place in the immediate aftermath of whatever's going on that like we don't really get too much to like the the de-evolution of human behavior and mm-hmm. like what happens when people get uh pushed up and against against the corner. And I think maybe that's part of what I was missing from this movie. It feels yeah. like a movie that that missed that third act where things really get serious. Not that like things aren't serious in the movie, but it just feel the 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 threat maybe feels a little bit distant from how it's presented to our characters. And I don't know. I just, I guess I wanted to dive a little bit more deeply into the ideas being explored. What humans? <laughs> After the beach scene, there ain't nobody exactly. there. Yeah, yeah. They're <laughs> so like, isolated.
1: Like, no, there would have been people there. I was able to run through the book, right? And I'll yeah. say that. First starters. The Ruben Aslan one's going to be dope because what I like about him isn't necessarily the, like, situation. It's how the characters react to it, like you were right. saying. Two. I do find things in this movie really interesting. I I think the ideas, you know, it's just we've heard them a lot before. I don't think he takes a different swing at them. I still found the movie fascinating in aspects, but getting into that idea of, like, how characters react, I feel like they're all meant to react in the way that the author and the director... Wanted them to to say something, and and it almost felt like I don't know. There were like moments where uh, in the book where they're talking about kind of like the classes that uh, Julia Roberts and her husband have compared to Mahershala's character who comes in. They have like a little bit more of a dynamic going on, other than I don't think you'd be able to own this house. Like (laughs) yeah, exactly. It all all came down to like microaggressions when it came to them, and I feel really bad because like you're saying with uh, Mahalia's character. That's like she killed an industry bodies. But like it's almost like typecasting this idea of what this girl could be because. Yeah, it
0: it was her character is snarky millennial and not much more than that every single time
1: and and she kills it she's really good at it mm-hmm. but i think it's the way that they set up a lot of the scenes compared to what was happening in the book that we'll get a little bit further into that i, I think took it back a lot but yeah where were the people man i i think that that yeah. was the one thing that was missing from it is this destruction it's how people turn on each other and it was very selective you know it's these two families and then there's that one guy who made an appearance uh like kevin bacon <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which was also interesting because i know um a big inspiration for the movie was uh, Six Degrees of Separation. I don't know mm-hmm. if you've ever seen the Will Smith one. I caught yep. it like a long time ago. Same thing. Classic. Classic. that happens on the door. And then you kind of have like this play on Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon. <laughs> this man, Sam Esmail, has always done this. I don't know if you remember for Homecoming. He mm-hmm. took for every single episode of the first season, like 5 or six iconic soundtracks to
0: movies. Yeah, he was repurposing a lot of, like, classic film scores but for for the show, which I Digitized thought was really, really well done yeah. in Homecoming. Yeah, I feel like
1: he snuck a lot of that into this movie as well.
0: Yeah, like the Friends DVDs, the quotes from the West Wing, some of the song choices as well.
1: Yeah, but I wonder how much of it is also, like, in the background, right? Because even, like, yeah. you know, big names. Uh, we know Tesla's. We know we did, they did not get the, uh, uh, what's it called? The... Um, permission writes, i guess to do the the yeah, Tesla's. there's a phone scene that happens and out of all of them it's the washington post that gets all gibberishy and I, if you don't know who owns the washington post go search up who owns the washington post so there's all these different like subs that he takes sometimes overtly but a lot mm-hmm. of times i think it's subconsciously in the background uh, mm-hmm. one of the things that i caught the second time around is uh a lot of the paintings around the house i don't know if you noticed that that they would change and mm. there was moments, especially when they're in the upstairs bedroom, they have uh, like a mural, a painting, technically, of um, of, a, of an ocean. And mm. the sea rises after every chapter because the movie's divided into chapters. And every time right. you go back to them upstairs, it changes and it gets higher and higher. And I was like, okay, so you're doing a lot of these subliminal things in the background, right? The little girl's not wearing NASA for no reason. The, 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 the sun wearing Obey. Mm-hmm. I Googled that, and I was like, okay, let me remember. <laughs> I know Obey was was kind of in yeah, the news a little bit ago. What is that, Shepard Fairy? Yeah. Yeah. The guy who made Obama's...
0: <laughs> home- posters <laughs> Co-posters. Yeah, exactly.
1: So I'm like, I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of intertwined... The Man Made Homecoming, like you mentioned earlier, and that's, yeah. a, movie, that's a show about reprogramming mm-hmm. soldiers that are coming back home with uh, a lot of various uh, techniques. Yeah. I, I feel like a lot of that is in this movie. For those who, like, watch a bunch of stuff that comes out of Hollywood and goes, this is, what is it, selective programming or whatever they yell? (laughs) Kind of, is that the movie?
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Leave the World Behind was shot by Todd Campbell, who's worked with Smail on Mr. Robot and some other projects. And they incorporate a lot of the like skewed angle- angles that sort of defined the look of that show. I don't know if it's like full Dutch, but like, yeah, the, the kind of tilted uh, camera work. But there's also a lot of like really ominous crane shots. And to me, that almost gave me that same feeling of like Big Brother watching over these characters and they're just like these mm-hmm. little little peons in this like greater global conflict but aside from as you mentioned like those subliminal elements or production design details like i i think as you were also mentioning like this movie maybe gets a little bit more bogged down in some of those like microaggressions and like the politics of being like a a liberal person in suburban uh, a wealthy suburban neighborhood or whatever that is and when like Maybe that would be interesting more as like the subtext of what's going on rather than the text, because Mm -hmm. like, I think when the when you are faced with this kind of like potential globe ending deal, that's got to be the text, right? For a lot
1: of people, especially if that's the way you're selling the movie, I, I yeah, yeah, I would definitely argue that. I think that in the book, it does play it a little bit better for getting mm-hmm. into more spoilers. The idea of you know the what is the family's name? I don't know if they have a last name, but uh, Amanda and Clay.
0: Yeah, Amanda right? and Clay. Yeah.
1: When they leave, they're supposed to be like middle class, mm-hmm. and they just like want to. They just want to get out of town. They go and they rent this place, but then G H, if I'm not mistaken, and uh, his daughter Ruth appear. Because they kind of need a place to go after everything's kind of you know gone Starts, to chaos, yeah, they're a lot older in the book, mm. so it's not just that the way that they present it is less interesting in the movie. Uh, it's a little bit more cohesive in the way that it's written, just not perf- yeah, not the way that he directed the performances because with them being older in the book, you also have Ruth not being his daughter. You have Ruth being his wife, oh okay. Bro, that's, that's a completely clip. different dynamic, right? Yeah, so now different. you don't have this young girl who's, oh my gosh, the the pot calling the kettle. Black exit <laughs> scene. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have a lot of these scenes that are like, oh yeah, no, 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 we, we've known this. Get Out came out years ago. That was probably right. the climax, the peak of uh, how to put microaggressions in a movie. Mm-hmm. In the book, you have this idea of these classes that are almost like fighting with each other because they they're just like right there you know they're on that sovereign edge and when they meet these people the only reason that they kind of like are okay with them is as you know gh puts it early on this is our home look i got the keys i got everything what if i give you a thousand dollars that gets the right. husband to go like okay I'm, I'm gonna get something out of this what really gets the wife to turn around in the book is when they realize that uh they're also an admissions counselor mm. and she's got kids so it's this push and pull of what you can give and take that to me right is way more fascinating than
0: are we sure this is their house? Yeah. Are we not going to get looted? <laughs> like they they're black but this is a really nice home. That doesn't sit right with yeah. Come on, bro. Yeah, the yeah.
1: Philharmonic. Are we sure? <laughs> I I feel like that's, it's such a reductive take on mm-hmm. what the book was already giving you.
0: Yeah, and, and maybe that's something that because it's a book and you can maybe get into the heads of the characters a little bit better with like a longer text like that, it, it's able to tackle those things uh, well. I know for one thing, like even though I had some uh, misgivings with the movie, it did make me more interested in reading the book because there is a really fascinating story being told. So I'm, I'm glad it's got your it's recommendation. Pretty... I'll, I'll probably uh, uh, check that out soon. But I like the theme of the story, but it's very vulgar. <laughs> Is it? Uh, we'll give it that. It, I'm cu- there's curious a lot more that. sex in the book. Ooh, all right, because it's maybe the only more hinted at, at, in the movie the sex, but uh, and also there... it was I like the way it was hinted in the movie. <laughs> it was very sensual. Yeah. Um, there are also a lot of elements of uh, disaster movies in this that I think actually work really well. Uh, I'm not sure that I've ever seen anything quite like that sequence with the oil tanker near the start of the film, like very much like a like a natural disaster kind of vibe. Uh, I don't know if there was a particular sequence that stood out to you, whether it was the, that one or the stuff with the autonomous cars.
1: I think that was the coolest one. I've been calling that one uh, uh, Tesla Tetris. I thought that mm-hmm. was a pretty funny scene. Uh, yeah. I especially like how she does like the you know the, the inside children of men shot where it's kind of like moving inside the car as you're trying to duke it out. I think totally. that would be my number one. Um, there was two like plane scenes, right? One was the drone-ish type thing that's dropping all the letters. Yes, that, uh, that uh, Ethan Hawke drives away from. Um, yeah, and
0: then there's the one with Mahershala Ali
1: where they do like Which the vertigo kind of
0: shot similar at the almost at the yeah exact same they're very time. Yeah. close
1: to each other so it's like both of those were pretty cool um but I, i'd have to give it to the tesla one i think it's very overt what they're trying to comment on i don't think that many white teslas like <laughs> not even one different
0: one <laughs> i mean it, if anything that that could be a commentary on the the lack of color in modern design i don't know if you've wow. seen all, all those uh, <laughs> trends going up but yeah I mean, right, even uh, the boat. The boat said white lion. Mm, right, right. Yeah. I mean, look, that's uh, a theme. One of the first like, a running theme in its for sure. A motif, uh, maybe. Yeah. All right, uh, so we should maybe dive more explicitly into spoilers because it's hard to talk about this movie without doing that. But just a quick reminder, before we do, if you are enjoying are. this review on YouTube, like the video, leave us a comment, letting us know what you think. Consider subscribing to our channel, or if you're listening, you can subscribe on Apple, Spotify, whatever you use for podcatchers. Uh, also, make sure you leave us a five-star review there. We really appreciate it. It's a great way to support the show. And you can also support us for as little as $1 a month by heading over to patreon.com slash intercut pod to help ensure we keep doing reviews deep dives movie brackets film festival coverage we got sundance coming up and of course our best movies of the year list because those are uh very close to uh, happening we actually are in our, in our final stretch of getting some movies in so yeah this one uh, making it? right we're doing it we got a week left right is this what making it <laughs> I don't know if this was going to make my list personally. (laughs) No category. Um, You know what? I'm working on a personal top 100, and I think it's in contention for that. I'll I'll give it that (laughs) one. (laughs) Uh, By the way, shout out to our awesome patrons for their continued support of the show. Uh, But let's dive into the spoilers with uh, the idea that Leave the World Behind tries to sort of keep you guessing both for what is actually happening in the world around them, as well as whatever secret motivation some of its characters may have. Was it enough to keep you interested? Did you find yourself growing tired of waiting for the answer? And did you actually feel like the answers ultimately led to a good payoff? Thematically,
1: yes. As an apocalyptic movie where you're trying to figure out what started it all. You know, like The Walking Dead. What is that virus? Right. Half. Um, I don't know what theory you got out of it. Because obviously they leave it open-ended. And I knew right away. I'm like, they're not going to answer this. They're not going to wrap it up in a bow. It's mm-hmm. two and a half hours. And yet we're, we're spending a lot of time focusing on other things. But it is Sam my And I thought he left enough clues there. You know, we're, we're talking about yeah. a lot of the thematic threads that are left with uh, the production design and Easter eggs. But I also kind of have some theories on what I think was happening i think they kind of showcase different uh, uh models of what could have happened they they do have one massive through line which is clearly no matter who it was the idea is to destabilize the country yeah get people to panic to turn in on each other and then that is what brings the country down is is having no information you know we have misinformation right now but where's than misinformation i truly do believe this is no information like exactly, at least yeah there's a lot of I mean, clutter, but you can maybe find the truth when you're right. just left to your own devices that don't even connect to Wi-Fi. Then, uh, yeah, you're kind of screwed.
0: Yeah, and that's a lot of what the movie is trying to explore, right? Is like, what do people do when they don't have a, an idea of what to do? Is somebody guiding them, somebody they can look to for more information? Like, their best... Uh, hope for figuring out what's going on is to like go talk to the prepper because maybe the prepper is on top of this. But you know, like, it 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 is those elements of it are interesting. But like you know, as I was mentioning before, you never really get to explore the depths of their desperation. You know, they they by containing them to the house and kind of keeping it somewhat polite. Like I think you you never really see like the consequence of their no information, right? Like the, the, I, I, I found yeah. it interesting. I found it interesting the way that they would get little tidbits and then they'd find other tidbits that feel that kind of f- mess with your perception before. And I, I think the whole idea of the information being intentionally misdirecting uh, the way that you know there's the flyers that are in uh, in Arabic and then there's the flyers that are in Korean or or Mandarin as as Kevin Bacon doesn't really know. Um, I, I think that is a cool idea that like the the search for information will only uh, can only sometimes like make things more obfuscated. But mm-hmm. I think that it gets to a certain point where it's like, okay, and now, the world is changed as far as we know, and then it just sort of leaves you there. And I, I, I think when you are so focused on the internal dynamic of these characters, for the final sort of element to be so external doesn't really bring a sense of closure to the story. Even if, like, I, I didn't really find anything that happened to be, like, un like not interesting, right? Mm-hmm. I just, it felt like the end of the second act and not the end of a third,
1: what would have been your take on the external? What was happening?
0: Well, so he, they mentioned that it's some sort of coup d'état, and I don't yeah. know. You know, and I, I think the, the 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 dropping of the information of like the the Russian uh, officers or, or delegates or whatever it was that they pull out of the country is probably the most telling. Given this move, this movie's sort of general po- political perspective, there's some kind of like uh, maybe Russian cyber uh attack that that's trying to you know present all this uh confusing misinformation but i don't know i i I don't know if i have like a coat i don't know if because we are so removed and because the movie is partially about that misdirection of information i don't know if there's like a clean takeaway to be had i don't know if maybe the book that you read uh illuminates any more about that um no (laughs) so uh Yeah, it's
1: either external, right? Or it's Mm -hmm. internal, almost to a degree. Or they even kind of hit you with a third one. No one's in charge. Which I I do think has like a level of scariness. I, I, I don't think so. I think someone, to some degree, is still in charge in some capacity... I do think that it could be an outside force when listening to the author discuss the book and how he was approaching it. Um, he also kind of very much left it open to interpretation. He was mm-hmm. very much focused on the characters. So he said that his editor thought it was like aliens. He's like, oh, it's aliens that have attacked and have caused this, you know, rumblings to cause everybody to uh, go in on themselves. He was yeah. oh, okay, I definitely don't say it like that, but it's welcome. I'm like, oh, okay, so you really just don't have one. Then I kind an interview. He goes, I, I didn't have anything, so how could I just not? answer that. And that's by doing everything possible to focus in on the characters and not focus in on that. And I think for a lot of people, if they come in at least wanting that satisfying answer, to some degree, I guess, of knowing what the demise was, I don't think it's rooted in there. That doesn't mean, though, that Sam Asmael didn't have his own. And that's Mm -hmm. where I personally think it's corporate America. Let me explain. I think it's corporate (laughs) America because this is a guy who made all of Mr. Robot be about a a hacker who was Mm -hmm. going to take down uh, you know, through his cybersecurity ways the the big conglomerate that was in there there are easter eggs to that company in this movie oh you see it
0: in their devices so you're saying that if they did choose to return to New York City they have run into Rami Malek somewhere
1: maybe or just you know in his universe of things that was his yeah. way of almost implanting in there I think it was all kind of internal I think it was an implosion almost waiting to happen I think mm-hmm. that Several countries also do, Oh, hurt themselves so that they can tell daddy or mommy, right, right. oh my gosh, they hit. Yeah,
0: and coup d'etat, right. Uh, is this like the is this the political conflicts of our time reaching a a point where they just blow themselves up? I mean, we we, you know, it, That's it is my tip. sort of yeah. I, I I can see that as well, and it's it's fascinating to see that sort of uh you know imploding of civilization happen. Yeah. From this context, but I, I think where I th- I feel a little bit let down by the movie is I, I either want that aspect of it to be clear or the personal aspect to be a little more consequential. And where the it's movie not clear ultimately to the
1: characters,
0: yeah, the movie ultimately <laughs> leaves us with you know Ethan Hawke and Mahershala off doing some other adventure, Yeah. Mahila and Julia uh, Roberts, you know, staring down a bunch of deer, and then the kids sort of off on their o- own too. And it's I, you know. There's a conflict that happens towards the end of the movie where Mahershala and Kevin Bacon's character are pointing guns at each other. And Mm -hmm. it's not that I wanted that to get bloody or whatever, but it's kind of like Chekhov's gun element in that you're introducing this threat of danger and then nothing really happens. Isn't that the knock at
1: the beginning? What is that? Knock, knock in the middle of the night. That's what I'm saying. I think the whole movie plays off of these preconceptions that we've had. And I think when they do it, like you're saying right here, for story elements that we know, that's when it's the most interesting. Sometimes mm-hmm. it gets a little into, you know, things that we've kind of seen a-, a lot. And it feels like the characters are just uh, creating tension just to create tension. But yeah. the checkouts gun of it, I think, is almost kind of the idea of like there was a knock. It ends up being a family who's a different color than them are they going to be dangerous actually no it's the complete inversion of what it's supposed to be true
0: and like I'm not against a subversion in that way but I think uh, I think what it did is sort of left me feeling like who actually changed in this movie right who who wh- which character went on a journey maybe Julia I Roberts so. became Julie a Roberts. little bit maybe she yeah. became a little a bit lot. less suspicious of people but like yeah it, they're yeah. they're they're small arcs and it, Contrasted with what's going on in the movie, I don't know, um, and that all t- compounded upon the actual ending being the Friends DVD reveal or whatever it is. It's just kind of felt it kind of <laughs> felt like a joke ending to me. Like it I, was I, a I, kinda, joke ending. I, I f- fast forwarded through the credits to see if there was another scene. You know, like it's, it, I, I was, I don't know. It just did. I, I, my reaction to the ending wasn't that's a funny reversal or whatever it was just that's that's it i i i was yeah it, it just didn't feel it, it didn't feel like it was wrapping things up in a way even if i thought a lot of it was really interesting yeah also what's going on with the animals in this movie because this is if this is a cyber security attack i don't know why that's affecting flamingos well they had the uh the noise that's the big thing and in the book i guess before
1: the noise there's after the noise and that i mean yeah. there's the the Point with the kid, right? They they mm-hmm. kind of do the misdirection of, oh, he got hit by a tick, but he was so focused on his phone. Uh, did that tick do something to him? Like, how can a noise affect this kid so much that his teeth start falling out? Yeah, crazy effects work there, though. Like that was, mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever had a dream of your teeth falling out,
0: but like, damn, now no, we but got I ourselves those some H D common. You've
1: you never had one? Where
0: no, I never had one.
1: I, I probably had one where like I fell and hit <laughs> myself, but like that. That's gonna lead me to having a dream <laughs> after seeing that vis- those visuals. Like, damn, yeah. no, that was pretty bad. But it's supposed to be that screech, and to me, I took yeah. it as like, okay, so this screech is what's causing these animals to like mess up all their migration stuff. You got the deer coming in, and the deer. I- I've heard uh, uh, a twofer on that. They mentioned in the movie seeing deer is a very good thing. Some people believe that you see deer that means that they're in a place where they're protecting you. I've also am of the belief you see a deer run. <laughs> So, I mean it could go either way there. The flamingos I went deep on this. Alright. And I don't I don't know if you're gonna like this answer. And again, that's kinda of my whole point for, for uh my breakdown of the movie is that I I get it, but I'm also not agreeing that it's satisfying. I I, mm-hmm. I feel like I have an answer, but it doesn't mean it's satisfying. Sure. <clears throat> well you see Zach. The author has a flamingo tattooed on his right <laughs> arm. I kid you not, this man's like it's very personal to me. I'm like, what? Okay, gotcha. Cool. So cool, great. I guess it's just that. You know, the noise caused yeah. the animals to go up upstate, downstate, whichever, yeah. wherever they were. I thought they were up north <laughs> entrance, I thought they were on Long Island.
0: <laughs> yeah i mean they they have to be somewhere where like the skyline of new york city is visible right so 10 they minutes be... out of boston <laughs> like <last> of us. <laughs> exactly but i yeah, don't know it, i mean it,
1: the ending for the three characters i do think that they all they they do wrap up thematically you know you're yeah. not going to know like the characters what happened but do they all have their own little story arcs that they go on and i think right. the biggest push here is like i i think they do but I can't argue with you that it's not entertaining because they're not entertaining. Like if it was a better family, it would be more interesting. But you got this yeah. middle class family and what was supposed to be an elderly couple now being played by younger characters. Right. Mm-hmm. I do think that when they go and they have that interaction, it's supposed to be this this microcosm of like, all right, now you got the, the they're both neighbors. But you got the, the doomer and then you got the more philanthropic, liberal black guy who realized he never really knew his neighbor, right? They got right. guns faced at them, and it isn't until this little speech where he's able to convince them to give him the money. But in that, there's that bit where he gives them uh, cash, and they talk about mm-hmm. it being bartering. He's like, yeah. well, no, it's still cash. He's <laughs> like, well, no, it's bartering. I, I thought that was a good line. Yeah, I no, that was so a th- clever way. I, I, like, I think things have changed.
0: My, it, this is sort of the trouble of like trying to do film criticism in the middle because like i thought from a beat by beat perspective i really enjoyed a lot of elements of this well, that's the, what I'm saying, the disaster yeah. element the disaster film elements were really strong a lot of the dialogues is, is really sharp and really precise and the characters are pretty well defined even if i don't find them that deep and, and i guess that's just sort of where i I'm, I'm hitting my head with this movie is like i liked so much of what is going on i just kind of wanted it to be a bit bigger a bit more um i don't know what really the answer is to to that but maybe it was just a little too much misdirection ultimately with the stuff like the animals and the the different elements the if they weren't a focus on woman speaking spanish who who, well
1: another one you know he was able to allow the couple who was rich enough to come in even if they were black but the moment he met a woman that he couldn't get anything out of Mm mm-hmm right That's what yeah. I got out of it when I saw it in the book. He kind of spells it out even more. He gets mm-hmm. into this whole breakdown of morality. Are there even morals in in, uh, in an apocalyptic world? Don't you just make them up as you go? You know, this idea of like the truth is only written by the, you know, the people who win. And yeah, you know, he also had that other excuse of like, well, at least I can communicate with Herschel. and he gave me a thousand dollars. I don't know this lady. I can't listen to this lady. I don't understand this lady. Bye. And it's this yeah. idea of like what happens when you think you're a good guy in the apocalypse, you're just going to let it all go. So yeah. I think within the characters they're they're not interesting, but you do get to see bits and pieces of the boy totally. who's so attached to his phone that he has to like be a creepo, right? In order to get any satisfaction because he's like addicted to whatever he's been watching. This girl is addicted to friends, but she's also the one who understands like, "Yo, mom, there's <laughs> Yo, mom! I listen to West Wing only, or I watch West Wing only the Aaron Sorkin episodes. I don't. Again, they overwrote the characters, in my opinion, because when yeah. she starts telling her mom that story, that parable about like the the guy who was warned multiple times, they're practically telling you this is the one girl who does get it, and it's like the the cheesiest way of like them telling you, you know what? The kid's got this okay (laughs) Mm -hmm. it's like you're critiquing her for only focusing in on the the media that she consumes because that's her like getaway but then at the same time she's like she's so smart that she's the only one recognizing no one's telling no one's paying attention to the girl who first saw the deer right yeah no one's paying attention to her when she's the the one who how did she even know to go to the bunker out of all the houses (laughs) to go into she just like right
0: she picked and that I, one. And I
1: think it's... Yeah, it's trying to tell you that the, the kids are the future. Gen Z knows what they're doing. Or Alpha, whatever we are at this, at this point. But when she goes down to the basement, it's also, like, criticizing her in the sense of, like... She just wants to know the ending of the series. Just mm-hmm. like you want to know the ending of the series. And don't you realize that that's very childish? Focus on the dying world around you. And I'm like, what's the point of this? What's the point of this
0: mo-? Yeah. And, and that's, I guess, where I, I come down on is that, like, there's just... Even though I think I'm still like a slight recommendation for this one, especially because it's on Netflix and that's like it's a, it's a very, it's a very easy to like sit down and like g- get work your way through. Even though it's a little bit long, I still kind think of. it's a pretty pleasant watch. Maybe pleasant's the wrong word, but enter- I, I think it's a decently entertaining, it's decently entertaining. captivating watch. I left, I left myself wanting a little bit more and, and wishing there was something else there, that. but... But yeah, like I still think it's worth checking out. You know, it's got some fantastically charismatic actors. I don't know if there's one person whose performance in particular you liked. I, I enjoy seeing Julia Roberts in this mode. I, you know, it, I think, you know, I think Sam Esmail does really know how to utilize her, her natural charm without making her particularly likable. Yeah,
1: because this is an unlikable character, and no yeah. one's argued about her being unlikable as we usually see many times when when a character can go all in, right? You know, uh, bodies, bodies, bodies. Everyone complained about them all being mm-hmm. unlikable. I'm like, but they got it down to a T. This person is also really unlikable in the book. She's even worse. She says a yeah. lot of messed up stuff. But yeah. Julia she's just like, has that charm.
0: Yeah, and it's it's she is able to play like. Uh, tightly wound suburban mom without going, like, full Karen in a, in a caricature kind of way. Yeah, so you can still kind of understand the viewpoint of where she's coming from. Right. Um and,
1: and like you had mentioned, they had already worked together on Homecoming, and uh, I never got to finish Gaslit. I saw, like, the first free episode that we got. No one's got stars. But they also worked with each other on that one. Um, yeah. But I thought her and Mahershala Ali in that scene that they had together, I was like, whoa, whoa. <laughs>
0: hey yeah i, I wasn't so sure about her, i wasn't so sure about her dance moves but yeah the chemistry oh, no, 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 no. There. it's terrible <laughs> absolutely <laughs> it horrendous even, even in the apocalypse yeah, it's yeah. the scariest part <laughs> but it's very jerky. I, I thought
1: them two together were were really good um it, it was interesting i had read that denzel washington was going to originally yeah. be in the movie and then he dropped out mm-hmm. and i think maybe that's why they had to change the um the, the the ages of the characters, because I guess he would have been a little bit older and maybe they had a counterpart for him that would have made them the older couple. But what's interesting is in the book, um, they call Mahershala's character Denzel. You, you look like Denzel, which again <laughs> is supposed to be a bit in the book, but I also found that interesting. Even more fascinating is that they bring up Obama twice in the movie, right or in the book, and how Clay doesn't like the Obama administration. <laughs> so this man put it on his book of the year <laughs> and then became producer on it. Yeah. All I need to know at the end is I need to know what those script notes were.
0: <laughs> I mean, they kept that part out of the movie of adaptation. Of course they did. Uh, also, very funny that Julia Roberts' daughter is so obsessed with Friends and not at one point doesn't ask, Hey mom, but were you on Friends in
1: the first couple of seasons dating Chandler? You know what? The, the thing is, is that Julia Roberts already has the perfect out because of mm. Ocean's 12. Because exactly. of that bit with, that they did You know what I'm talking about yeah. Where they had her play Julia Roberts Even though she wasn't Julia Roberts so One of the me, great
0: uh, cameo bits of all time Yeah,
1: Clean pass for her You all get totally. it here Sam
0: I got you um, So are you sound like you're also On a slight recommendation for this movie too it's tr- interesting you know yeah. I, I i now understand why the obamas
1: call their thing higher ground <laughs> uh, i think that there's enough in there to pick apart and connect things and i'm sure people are going to pick out a bunch of other things that are in the movie you know with the production yeah. design with what the characters say to each other I, I think there's there's some interesting aspects to when the characters you know hide something from each other oh did you see a plane fall oh uh, no i didn't don't tell my daughter that because yeah we think our wife is still on a plane you know they're really good actors That I and I just think that the direction wasn't there to really push them to the next level. And thank Mm -hmm. God he got this cast because a worse cast would have been horrendous. Yeah. But you got some of the best players out there. Um and and for that I think it's interesting. The 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 movements of the camera were a little too much to me. If you want a very long shot and you're trying to get it wide, shoot an IMAX my G. Like I don't (laughs) I I can't keep doing this the entire movie. That was a little disorienting for me, but overall, I I think I'll revisit it again in the future.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm curious to see what more people think about it because I think there's a lot of stuff that's that's very interesting in there, and I, I still am interested in Sam Esmail's work. I, I find it to be like distinct and have a, a really interesting perspective that feels modern. Like if he feels like he's not looking backwards with his movies. He is really trying to look at like what are the new conflicts, and I, I, it's cool. Even if I don't know if I 100 percent vibe with the execution here, makes sense. All right, so I think those are most of our thoughts on Leave the World Behind. Let us know what you thought about the movie. Uh, but that's about it for this edition of After Credits on Intercut. You can catch more from me, Zach Shevich, by following me on uh, Twitter, Instagram, or Letterboxd at Z Zshevich, Z-S-H-E-V-I-C-H. And check out my YouTube or TikTok channels at Multiplex Show. Arturo, where can people find more from you? You can find me over at LME Movies on all
1: social media as well as youtube.com at let me explain where you can send us a copy of Friends if you have it in case everything goes to crap. <laughs> or you can find me every week here on the Intercut Podcast. This girl had HBO Max. Max, whatever it was when she had it on her app.
0: Downloaded she had the Netflix I... in the t- two years ago when they still had the rights.
1: Right? I also uh, I like that thing at the end, right? When she had the remote and it's right over Netflix. I like I like that, Esmael. More of that. She should have downloaded the episode, though.
0: Yeah. Uh, right. You totally can. I mean, I, I don't know how to, but I think you can. Um, so, <laughs> You can listen to every episode of the Intercut Podcast on iTunes, Anchor, Spotify, whatever your favorite podcatcher is. I like Overcast. And then make Download sure em. you're subscribed, not just to the audio, but to the video as well on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash intercut pod, where you can Rip catch it. our riveted faces as we run through the latest in entertainment find new episodes of the intercut weekend must watch streaming on our youtube channel every monday and please leave us a comment like the video consider heading over to itunes or spotify to give us that much requested five star review it does a lot to help our channel uh like our social media feeds facebook instagram twitter uh, even on patreon you can find us at intercut pod and you can get updates throughout the week from art, from me, from all the guests we feature here on Intercut. You can also check out a link to our Discord in the description of this episode. Thanks again for tuning in, and until next time, I fucking hate people. Great line.